For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to On Texas Football. This is going to be uh, one of my favorite weekly uh, pieces that we do, and it's, it's the state of the program. Where are the Longhorns at today, and where are they going? Uh, as we record this, we're right at, I think, 975 subscribers on YouTube. If you like our content, please take the time to hit the subscribe button. Put us over 1,000 today or tomorrow, whenever it is, that you can get a chance to watch this. But this is a really special uh, episode because it's, it's one of my favorites of the week every time because I get to bring in and we try to pull everything together here. We talk about not only uh, offense, defense, special teams, but also recruiting and where the program as a whole is going. And to do that with us, there's no better source than Eric Nalin. Eric is the publisher of Inside Texas. If, if for whatever reason you're not a subscriber to Inside Texas and you love uh, Texas football, there is absolutely no place you can go to get a deeper dive uh, on Texas. Uh, Eric uh, is on there daily, as am I, uh, and, and a host of other uh, informed writers on the Longhorns. Uh, so I'm going to now uh, bring in Eric Nalin, publisher of Inside Texas. Eric, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, Bobby. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, Eric, you're, you're terrific at this stuff and wouldn't have it any other way. Um, you were at, the, for those of the, the people that watched at home yesterday, you were at the Cotton Bowl inside the stadium. What was the atmosphere like uh, for the Longhorns and, and the Sooners in the kickoff? Yeah, yeah, I went. Um, uh, you know, I, I haven't been to a whole lot of those games. It kind of surprises people that I haven't been a, a, number, a number of times. Um, really, it was my first one in 10 years. Um, so the experts that I talked to that go they go annually said that the, the crowd was maybe a little more subdued than it had been in the past. Uh, and I was a little bit surprised by that. Obviously, there's a ton of energy in the, in the uh, motion of play and all that. Uh, but outside, it was, it was I would say it was pretty tame. I was kind of surprised by that. Um, a lot of the OU fans, I was wearing my inside Texas shirt, so I had quite a few fans talking to me. Uh, and they were actually somewhat cordial. You know, obviously, I got a little needling, uh, especially as the game wore on and then it started to slip away. Uh, they started to talk to me a lot more, it seemed like. Uh, but overall, it was, it was fun. Um, I'll tell you what, Bobby, it's different when you do go. You just wake up with a different mindset, a different uh, like a, a chip on your shoulder, uh, like you're walking into a fight yourself. Uh, so I hadn't had that, that feeling in a long time. And that was pretty intoxicating, uh, more so than, than watching at home. Yeah, I, I tell you what. Um, it, so whatever it felt like in the stadium, the first 15 minutes of play for the Longhorns, I mean, it, it doesn't get better than that. Yeah, no, it was it was electric for sure. Uh, I haven't been to many sporting events that, that were like that, especially when they jumped out to that big lead and you're like, wow, where's this really going? Um, yeah, I mean, we're all looking at each other. Are we dreaming? And, and uh, you know, obviously uh, we, we had to wake up, uh, 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 unfortunately, but uh, I'm, I'm really glad I went. Uh, my buddy John Nash uh, made sure I went. I told him if TCU wins, I would go with him. Uh, and I appreciate him taking me. And it was a great game. Okay, good deal. Yeah. All right. So, Eric, uh, let's let's kind of. I don't want to spend too much time on the game. I, I do want to spend a little bit, though, because I think that tells us a little bit about where Texas is um, as a program right now. Your immediate uh, thoughts on the game 
uh, with the 24 hours really to think about it? You know, I feel the same as I did yesterday when I wrote um, that, you know, I feel more confident that Sark is the guy at Texas than I did at 1059 yesterday. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, and that's taking a macro look at it. Obviously, it's easy to get caught up in the micro, uh, you know, with it being so recent. Uh, but I, you know, I had a lot of faith in that game plan coming in. I wrote that numerous times last week. I said that they're going to have him schemed up. Uh, and, you know, he, he uh, answered the call on that. So I, I, I think that, um, you know, the next couple of weeks are going to tell us a lot about Sarkeesian long-term. They've answered the bell each time that they've had a, uh, questions, you know, after the Arkansas game, they, they, you know, it's easy. It would have been easy to sleepwalk through rice, but they didn't, they showed up and stomped them. And then they carried that over stomps tech played sloppy and then, uh, versus TCU, but they came out and played really clean, open up the game. That's to me, that's what I wanted to see. Uh, and normally on, uh, on most days that, you know, that, that sort of performance that they had, uh, is going to get the victory. So, uh, it, when you're looking at it, that the, the result sucks, but I think the processes are in place for this to become a, uh, you know, a, a, a staple of Sarkeesian coming out hot. Uh, and the, the all gas, uh, uh, you know, mantra that, that he likes, I think is, is really taking root in the program. Yeah. I, I think that obviously um, the horn scored 48 points, um, but the defense, you know, yeah. uh, it, it just, it just cratered in the second half. Um, and, and we can talk about that on the whole, the one stat that obviously everybody's going to point to is, Oh, you rushed for 330 plus yards. The, the Longhorns mm-hmm. just could not stop the run. Once OU inserted Caleb Williams at quarterback, right. they, did, they did a pretty good job of it with Rattler because they didn't have to worry so much about the quarterback run. But yeah. Once Williams got in there, they had to, they had, I mean, rush 66 yard touchdown run his first touch. Right. Um, and so they had to respect that. And I don't think they prepared for it. But well, at the same time, that caused a time of possession. I mean, 35 minutes for OU, only 24 and a half or so for Texas. I think that was a, a big piece of it too. Um, so let's let's get going in, in here, and I don't want to just uh, you know shovel it under uh, sweep it under the rug, right? Because it was a it right. was a big game, and it was a big it was a big loss, a big moment for Texas football. Uh, they did show up to play, but at the same time, now the Longhorns are looking at Oklahoma State square in the face, and they're looking at the remainder of a, a regular season where they have they still have an opportunity. Uh, to get to a Big 12 title game. But, I mean, frankly, the highest-rated team left on the schedule is Oklahoma State, who they face this week, period. Right. Um, and so my question to you uh, really is, let's, let's do a deep dive on, on that idea that, you know, where is this team right now as it relates to the rest of the Big 12? Is it still wait and see? Have we seen it? I mean, what's, what are your, your thoughts on that? Yeah, and there's obviously going to be an element of wait and see to see how they how they bounce back. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Gundy just got 60 minutes and more data points uh, on a week that that he had off. You know, they, they've been able to prepare, uh, get right for that game. Uh, so that's going to be another test. I'm, I'm interested to see how they come out. I think they're going to come out hot, and uh, you know, and, and I think they're competitive. I think they want to get that last uh, that that loss out, taste out of the mouth. You know, that was a disappointing way to go. The best the best thing you can do is bounce back and, and get another chance at it. Uh, you know, you, you don't want you don't want the last thing that people thinking about is that, you know, that meltdown. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, why the, the loss was bad, it, you know, the, the opportunity cost with recruiting is, is uh, you know, pretty critical. It's a, it's a <laughs> you know, they, if they would have won that game and then just held on, and you know, recruiting probably would have exploded here in short order. Uh, but I don't think it's debilitating overall for recruiting either. And uh, I, I think they're in a good, good chance, a good spot to bounce back and play well. They've answered every call this year um, so far, and I think they're going to do it again. Yeah, the only one not is Arkansas, right? 
I mean, that's the only yeah. one where Texas was, I felt non-competitive. That was, that was, I mean, I mean, it's a complete 180 from where I thought about the staff after that game. That was a very disappointing game performance uh, from the headsets more so than the players. Uh, this game, I thought, you know, obviously it, it changed on defense when Williams came in, like, you know, like you mentioned, and like we talked a lot about, uh, you know, for the first time, they didn't have a really worry about a quarterback uh, running. And then all of a sudden they did, you know, they, they, they game plan for Rattler and then uh, Williams comes in and, and he's dynamic. And uh, yeah, so that was, uh, the, you know, would have liked to see them uh, address that much better. Um, I, I, I want to make sure I'm, I'm very clear that I'm not talking about this game like it's a, a uh, you know, I'm not trying to, to claim it's a moral victory of any sort. They should have won that game. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but I'm just bullish on the macro long-term view of, of Sarkeesian. Yeah, I, I think that's a good way to put it, Eric. I mean, um, look, end of the day, Texas just scored 48 points against, against its rival. Right. That, how many times yeah. has that happened in the last 25 years? I, I mean, Casey Thompson throws for 388. Uh, Xavier Worley was at 250 yards. It's just these are historic performances, and, uh, you know, they deserve a better outcome. But, yet, uh, you know, you don't get what you want. You get what you deserve, I guess. So maybe they didn't deserve a, 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 a better outcome overall. I, I think you're right. I mean, I think that that ultimately they, they couldn't stop the run, and they got what they got just desserts, you know, unfortunately. Yeah, they've had trouble with the run for pretty much the whole year, so that's been a common theme. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I want to go over those stats here in a little bit from a from a season long perspective. But let's talk now about the Texas offense. You mentioned Casey Thompson. I read your article yesterday. I read Paul Wadlington's uh, this morning about on his postmortem on the offense as well. Uh, and both of you guys hit on the fact that Casey Thompson uh, may have played his best game as a longhorn. Um, he uh, he hit some downfield balls that were just tremendous throws. Uh, no picks. Uh, right. took care of the football, uh, set Texas up in, in some good situations, you know, did what, what you would hope that quarterback position would do. Um, at, for the season, I want to give you this. Texas is currently ranked 18th overall nationally in offense, okay? But they are ranked – and that's, that's good, right? But they are ranked 11 overall in yards per play, which is even better – Sure. Uh, a couple teams that are higher ranked in, in conference, actually. Uh, Baylor's number one in the, in the conference at number six yards per play with Texas Tech number eight, uh, or no, excuse me, number nine. Um, but what are your thoughts right now on the Texas offense as a whole, Eric? Like, um, is Xavier Worthy it? Is Jordan Whittington's injury catastrophic, or is it just a piece of the puzzle? And, and what about the offensive line, too, where they're going? Yeah, I mean, they're going to go as far as the offensive line goes. That's going to be the whole key to it. Um, you know, Sark can scheme around it uh, only so much. Uh, but they are, I think they are playing better. Uh, Paul mentioned it as well that, you know, that obviously, you, you know, you can't give up these sacks with these three-man pressures. Uh, sorry, I've got some kids behind me. Um, you can't give up these three-man three three three, three man pressures um, and expect to win. You know, there's that, that, that means there's too many guys in, in uh, coverage uh, being allocated elsewhere. Um, and so – you know, first things first is to clean that up. But I do think that off, the offensive line is improving a little bit uh, incrementally throughout the season. It's uh, unfortunate that, you know, that they kind of uh, gave way uh, in the second half yesterday at, at a time that you would have really liked to see Texas be able to start leaning on them. Uh, they went and close out the game. They weren't able to do that. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, they're okay. I think they're going to be at least league average. And if they're league average, uh, you know, Bijan's going to lift them up. Uh, Sarkeesian's going to lift them up. And it looks like Casey might be able to lift them up too. You know, uh, they let him down a little bit. He, he was uh, uh, had too much pressure at times. But when they did give him a pocket, he rewarded them with some big plays too. And, 
And uh, we'd been waiting on that deep shot downfield, Bobby, for a while. And, uh, you know, they hit a couple of them. Uh, and I think that's like getting a hit, a hit in baseball. Uh, once you get one, it, it time, they kind of stack up. Uh, so I think he's going to start doing that with more regularity. Um, you, you mentioned the injury to Whittington. That's going to be interesting. You know, um, a lot of teams are going to start focusing on Worthy. That was an attention-getting performance. And so he's going to get a lot of safety help and a lot of coverage. Uh, and so they're going to have to figure out somebody else that, that can uh, open things up. I'm not exactly sure who that's going to be. It's going to be a telling week of practice. And, uh, you know, I'll probably do another practice report on Wednesday like I did this past week uh, where we're looking at uh, what, what the impacts of, of losing Whittington are. Yeah, initial thoughts on that. Uh, Josh Moore more involved in that, that role? Or do they go to somebody like Cavante uh, uh, Dixon? Is that yeah, I mean, the could- guys? Yeah, you could definitely see more play. You know, he's versatile. All those guys can uh, can play uh, inside or outside. Uh, it's going to change our dynamics a little bit because Whittington will make the tougher catches uh, in traffic. We haven't seen that a ton for more, but but it might give more verticality to the offense from the slot, uh, which might have a, a, its own benefits. So he's not exactly the same type of receiver as Whittington, obviously. Uh, but really what you want out of that is reliability. That position needs to be reliable. It's a chain-moving position. And whoever gives them the option, uh, the, the predictable outcomes that the coaches are seeking on third, third and medium, that's the guy that's going to have to play there. Uh, and that might be more out of necessity. Gotcha. Um, B. John Robinson, before we finish talking about the, the, uh, the offense, I mean, I, look, that run. Uh, that cut, man. Holy uh, crap. Holy. I, I, you know, I sat there and said, you know what, that's, that was a Heisman-like play. That's the one <laughs> that they show on. I mean, seriously, that's the one they yeah. show at the, at the in New York City at the touchdown club, right? Right. When you're 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 hoisting the the Heisman, um, it looks like my guess is right now that given that Texas didn't really follow through with that win, his uh, his uh, performance is overshadowed by others. I mean, Worthy theoretically had the was the player of the game for Texas, even even though Bajon had that, he did not have a great uh, second half. The as you mentioned, the Longhorns failed to run the ball effectively in the second half and, and probably was their ultimate downfall in the game because they couldn't get their defense off the field enough. Um, he is uh, without question, the most talented running back Texas has had since Jamal Charles, correct? In your opinion? No, without a doubt. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's just, he's a freak. I, I really believe that. And uh, I think Texas may have two with Xavier Worthy on his, on their hands too. Yeah, yeah. Worthy's been every bit as good as Sarkeesian had uh, had hoped. Uh, he's been every bit as good as the the June earlier uh, reports on him have been. You, you always wonder if uh, maybe that's a little bit of hype. What's he going to look like when the pads come on? But he's just amazing too. Yeah, I don't really have words to describe uh, either Bijan or Worthy. <laughs> okay, let's let's go from from the outhouse or from the penthouse to the outhouse. Before Shopify, were you wondering where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Uh, Let's go from offense to defense now. Yeah. I, I say that with tongue in cheek, obviously. I don't mean to 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 you know diminish one side of the ball, but Texas defense, uh, the offense, as I mentioned, 18th in total offense. Texas total defense, number 106 in the country right now. Jeez. Where are they on uh, yards per play on defense? Do you know? Uh, I didn't. I didn't do that, but I did. I did look up rush defense. 
Number yeah, one, good. number one ten on rush defense right now. Yeah, that's 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 it's 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 uh it's hard to fathom because you got you got a defensive line that should be eating up blocks, and then you've got you know plenty of athleticism at linebacker to clean things up, and then you have a couple safeties that um ideally would be better in run support than than even in pass pro and or in in in, in pass, and, and we're not seeing that. So I don't know I don't know exactly what's going on. I definitely need to rewatch on the game. Uh, to get a better idea of the defense, I definitely uh, watched it through the lens of a, of a fan yesterday. Uh, but yeah, they, they've been struggling against the run all year, and it's it's kind of inexplicable. Uh, I think they're playing the safeties too deep for sure. Um, and you know that's uh, you got to stop the bleeding, and then and that's stopping the run first and foremost. And uh, Pete Kwiatkowski's not doing that. Yeah. So you said they have plenty of athleticism at linebacker. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think other than Demarvian. I would say that they are not as athletic as most teams in the Big 12 at linebacker. Uh, Luke Brockermeyer is a, a solid player. Don't and you know, give him an A for effort every time. Uh, but he, you know, he's he's someone limited. Um, and then I don't know if Ray Thornton and slash Olio Ufu, I can't say that last name very well. Um, are are those guys that are ne- necessarily those? tremendous type athletes they should be able yeah, to I, wasn't, uh, I, was, I definitely wasn't including those guys when talking about linebackers I viewed them more as defensive ends um yeah I mean Luca you know Luke Luke's problem is he probably needs to play faster he doesn't need to I don't think he necessarily needs to run faster I think he just needs to process quicker um you know he ran 19.5 miles per hour in uh in practice I mean that's what the pad's on so he's got some speed to him uh he's one of the faster linebackers if you test it like that but so much of linebacker play, it's, it's, it's similar to safety plays. You're playing the game with your, your head as much as you are with your feet. Um, and, you know, I don't know that, you know, you talked about the, the most natural running back that, that they've had since Jamal Charles. I can't remember when the last time was they had a linebacker that you said is natural. Um, I, 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 can't can't. I can't. I can His name's like, Derek Johnson. Yeah, Derek. <laughs> exactly. We were going to go back to even before Jamal Charles. And, uh, and that's so. with – hey, and that's with guys like Emmanuel Acho that have played. Jordan Hicks yeah. is still in the league. Keenan, Keenan Robinson had a pretty good feel for it. And then, of course, Jordan Hicks had that fantastic senior year after uh, being injured so much. Uh, Jordan Hicks could definitely play the position. But there hasn't been many guys that even when they had the athleticism, they didn't have the feel for it. And then when they have the guys that do have the feel for it, they don't have the athleticism. So they need to start addressing linebacker. Um, you know, we'll see. That, well, that's a different that's a different conversation. Um I think that that's the conversation we're going to now, though, is recruiting, uh, because I think other than other than uh, special, well, golly, special teams yesterday, two big plays. Give it and take it away. Yeah. Yeah. Overshone's uh, Overshone's uh, uh, block. Nice blocked punt. Really nice. I mean, because it was a last second, get your hands up type thing for him. And it was a low trajectory punt. Uh, and then the uh, unfortunate Xavier Worthy taking it out from five yards deep and and really just getting the ball ripped away from him by uh, Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, they might have, just, might have had some breaks on that one. Um, you know, that's a, a freshman guy. He's feeling himself. He's having a career day, uh, you know, and, and he, you know, obviously he's feeling confident and wants to make a play. Uh, unfortunate, you know, it's going to have to learn from that. But, you know, credit to Banks. Banks on the – he's getting a lot of I, – I, this is the most active special teams I've seen in a long time. You know, so I think we talked about it last week, you know, when, when Texas was mentioned uh, with Virginia Tech seemingly weekly because of the special teams play. Um, they need to clean up the, the mistakes and then keep making plays. I, I think that's kind of where they're headed. But, um, you know, it's unfortunate to have to learn that that lesson the hard way. All right. So let's let's now go. You mentioned that they're going to need some linebackers. defense. Obviously, I think they need some defensive linemen that can get after the passer when it comes yeah. to recruiting. Right. Um, 
the impact this past week, we had Brennan Thompson commit to Texas, first of all. Uh, Brennan is the wide receiver from Spearman that can absolutely fly. So add him to, to Steve Sarkeesian's um, uh, talent pool of guys that he thinks can help help out on offense. Where else now are, are we, we, we setting the sights really for, for Texas as we come down the stretch in the December signing period? Well, I mean, they've, they've got to, they're going to have to hit home on uh, more wide receivers. You know, Brennan is a great start. They went a long time between Armani Winfield and getting Brennan Thompson. They need to, they need to get some other guys that uh, are playing. I would love to see a guy like Jordan Hudson or Evan Stewart. Uh, you know, we'll see that, that those, those recruitments have uh, have a long way to go still, even though we're running out of uh, some calendar. Uh, they got to hit at wide receiver. They've got to hit at offensive tackle and they've got to hit uh, at, on, on pass rush, I, you know, I, maybe they already have hit on pass rusher, Bobby, but I'm not sure. I see the guy that they're they're really they're really needing. I see a lot of guys that kind of fit the mold of what they're currently doing with, with uh, setting the edge, uh, but I don't really see, or ideally, they should, should be setting the edge. <laughs> I don't really see that guy that, that runs the arc and, and gets around the corner and, and uh, gets after the quarterback. That now that would be uh, Derek Brown for sure, but he's going to have a, a, a pretty pretty long uh, developmental curve, I think. Um, so, yeah, you know, more pass rushers, if they can find another one, I'm, you know, we'll, we'll see about that. But uh, and then, you know, traditional off the ball linebacker, um, they've got a couple commits. I'm not sure that they have that guy that you and I were just uh, seeking. Uh, you know, that remains to be seen. Uh, and then offensive tackle, I mentioned, mm, obviously, you know, everybody talks about uh, Kelvin Banks, but I think Cameron Dewberry might be the biggest need simply because I think he could play as a true freshman, uh, probably play at guard to start off. Uh, I think he would upgrade things pretty, pretty quickly. Uh, and so, you know, uh, Texas has a long way to go battling it out with uh, A&M, probably going to be a resurgent A&M after uh, last night's win. Uh, and then uh, OU and, and, you know, Bedenbaugh has done a great job with, with Dewberry and, and his offensive line is going to keep getting better. So Texas offensive line has to keep showing improvement. And I think they'll be in it for Dewberry. Gotcha. And they're also in on, I think, the one that you uh, would, would, uh, would agree with is Devin Campbell's a big need for them as an interior offensive lineman too. Right. Yeah. I'm, I mentioned Dewberry more because I think he's probably got more, uh, more ability to play tackle, but I do, I actually do think uh, Campbell could probably play right tackle if they want to. He's got, he's got good enough uh, arm length. And then a linebacker, of course, I should have mentioned is Harold Perkins. You know, that's a guy, I don't necessarily know if he has that feel for the position, but he certainly has athleticism and spades. Gotcha. Um, and uh, defensive back really looking at multiple players across multiple positions, right? There's corners, there's safeties. Still a bunch of guys still uh, still out there. Denver Harris from North Shore is one of those. Yeah, Denver's probably going to be in on Saturday. That's the plan anyways. Um, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot of guys in town uh, for the Oklahoma State game. It's going to be the biggest uh, recruiting weekend of pretty much of the year. Uh, and, and so Denver, I think they're in a good spot for Denver. Uh, you know, they're going to have to keep showing improvement on the field and the corners are going to have to keep making plays. And uh, I think they, I think Texas is in a good spot. You know, I'm not sure I would trade positions with anybody if I was Texas uh, for his services, but you know, when you're going up against Alabama, it's, uh, you know, you got to <laughs> hold on for dear life pretty much. But, yeah, yeah I think it's in a good spot there, I think. Uh, and then, of course, uh, they'll, they'll continue working on Bryce Anderson. But, you know, you wonder what that A&M win did for the, holding that class together. Yeah, I will say this, um, and, and you it's perfect segue. You also mentioned that uh, a guy, uh, Denver, was going to be in this weekend, I, I believe, uh, for the Oklahoma State game. This is a big recruiting weekend coming up for Texas. Huge. Uh, uh, I talked to Justin Wells on Friday night. He was uh, over to see Arch Manning um, in New Orleans. Uh, Justin said they started a running clock in the second quarter of that game. Manning yeah. Manning at the time was 11 for 11 with six TDs. 
Jeez. Um, so, so, but Manning is one of the ones supposed to be in. Uh, right. His teammate, the tight end, is also going to be in. And then uh, there's a host of other guys, maybe even Jalil Skinner's coming in, the tight end that just committed to Alabama last week. Um, who, who Name some other guys that you think are coming in for this weekend. Um, you know, I'd have to, I have to go look at the list, Bobby. We wrote it the other day. Um, I have to, I, I didn't even edit that piece actually. So I, I, I need to go look at that list again, but Arch okay. is the big one, obviously Arch is coming in. Uh, I think there's a good chance Ru- Ruben Owens will come in. Uh, John Tay Cook apparently is, is uh, supposed to be in. That's, uh, you know, they got, they're kind of get like a, a three amigos like the Cowboys had back in the day with uh, Aikman, uh, Irvin and, and Emmett. I think they're trying to get that consensus building going, uh, you know, but all eyes are going to be on Arch, you know, that's, you know, going to have a lot of, uh, obviously, you know, we'll be there uh, making sure that all those guys got in. But, um, yeah, I mean, the weekend's going to revolve around, A, beating Oklahoma State, and then, B, you know, what did Arch Manning think of it? Uh, you know, that's, yeah, it's huge. Um, he's, every, he's every bit as good as the hype. Uh, you know, it's not he's, not he's not great because, you know, his last name is Manning. He's, he's legitimately great. Yeah. Um, just for those that don't know, Ruben Owens is a running back from El Campo that is an absolute – Stud, John Tay Cook, a, a wide receiver from uh, DeSoto. That they're they're those three guys along with Arch Manning are in the class of 2023. So they're not actually signing this December. They'll sign a, a year from now. Um, Eric, uh, before I let you go, uh, I want to get back to the macro conversation because that's where you really wanted to talked about it at the, at the beginning. We're looking at Texas as four and two. They've got Oklahoma State this weekend. If they can get to five and two, do you think this is a team that is built to possibly get into that Big 12 championship game? Yeah, yeah, I, I predict already that they're going to play Oklahoma again. Uh, you know, the, the rest of the, the conference is, is down a little bit. You know, uh, Oklahoma State is not going to be an easy win by any stretch, but they're not exactly battle tested. Uh, you know, they haven't really played anybody great so far. I mean, you know, Baylor's okay. You know, Boise State's whatever, uh, at least decent. But they, they you know, it's going to be a tough game, but um, I think if Texas wins that game, they'll be back on good footing. They do have to go to uh, Iowa State, which which probably won't, you know, that won't be an easy game either. Uh, but I think they're going to play OU again. Uh, you know, it's uh, maybe maybe it goes in reverse order like 2018. Yeah, if Texas can score points like they did this weekend, they'll be in every single game. Here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think I don't think most teams are, are built to exploit them like we saw in the second half uh, with Caleb Williams. You know, there's not. Not a lot of dual threats remaining on the schedule. Um, some guys that are pretty athletic, you know, Spence, Sanders will, will, will be able to provide a test with his legs. Uh, but, you know, I, I think the team, that really, they're, they're better than most, the, the rest of the teams on the schedule on paper. You know, now, now it's, you know, did they really find something on offense? I think they did. I think that that uh, offensive explosion has kind of been on the surface there for a while. In many ways, it was more impressive than what we saw versus Texas Tech. Uh, as far as just an overall holistic approach of doing these things that they can, you know, they'll be able to do week in and week out. Um, you know, we saw more elements. We, we've kind of seen all those pieces uh, of that offense, but not at the same time. And uh, we kind of saw it all come together on, on uh, Saturday. And I, I definitely think that Sarkeesian is a lot of something with, you know, having a good understanding of what his team can do and, and maybe what it can't do just as importantly. You know, I look, I look at this um, situation and, um, OU won that game, and, and we say they won it running the ball, and they, they, they really did. I mean, that was where they, they ended up winning the game. But they also completed two Hail Marys. Yeah. Both were a hell of a play by Marvin Mims. You can say one was a push-off or not, 
But those are great, great plays by a wide receiver. <clears throat> if if they don't make that play, it's a different ball, either of those. So you yeah. can say what you want, but those were those were toss-ups. A lot of things had to go right for OU to, to pull that. You know, you can't have a great comeback without uh, having having a lot of plays break your way. And, uh, you know, Texas shot itself in the foot, and then they, they, they caught some bad luck down the stretch. But, you know, that's uh, – you got to play through the whistle and, uh, you know, come back at them and, and you know, you got to earn the right to play them again now, you know, so get back to the back to work and and uh, and win out. Yep, they cannot let they cannot lose to OU twice. Yeah, you know, I thought in, about in two weeks. No, no, no. I mean, in two weeks, they can't let this Oklahoma loss set aside right. their loss and lose to Oklahoma. Right. Yeah, yeah. You got to come back with the right mental approach um, and, and put it behind you. You really have to. I mean, it's kind of a cliche. Tom Herman loved that one, uh, which means I automatically don't like it, but it is. It's, it's very true this week. Uh, that they do have to put that game behind them and and go. I mean, they, they should be, you know, they should be licking their chops for some redemption against Oklahoma State. Go take it out on OU's little brother uh, and then earn the right to play OU again down the stretch. Eric, uh, no one says it quite like you, bud. I appreciate you uh, joining us. This has been the state of the program with Eric Nalin. Uh, I'm Bobby Burton. Uh, remember, if you enjoy uh, this type of content, please hit the uh, subscribe button on YouTube. It's free. And then if you really like and, and are, are really interested in Texas football, please give InsideTexas.com a try. Uh, it is the best source for Texas football and recruiting information at a very deep level that there is on the Internet. Uh, Eric, once again, thanks a bunch, bud. Have a good one. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Keep your heads up, Longhorns. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.